Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on CityCast Philly, I love raising my children in this city. From the local football and cheerleading teams, special admissions days at the museums, to the renovated playgrounds in Cobbs Creek and Hunting Park. But as a mom, I worry about my children's social-emotional well-being, their safety, and education. So, how can the city be even better for our kids? It's Thursday, August 3rd. I'm Trinae and here's what Philly's talking about. Christine Lejeune, you're a contributing editor at Philadelphia Magazine. What's been your experience raising your children in the city? Uh, Hi, Trinae. Thank you so much. Yeah, I have had a pretty positive overall experience being a parent in Philadelphia. I actually think it is a very good city in which to raise children and that we have, in some ways, an embarrassment of riches at our disposal. We have great museums. You mentioned the, the... Free admission days. We have. Oh, yeah, I love those. (laughs) It's, you know, and people really and institutions really do step up and do a lot. And we have these great parks and we have, you know, street fairs and block parties. And because I think we're a city of neighborhoods, we also have this benefit of, you know, micro communities within the larger community. And not everybody has that, but a lot of people have that. And so I think that Philly has a, a huge amount going for it in terms of raising children and and being somebody who is living life and raising children in the city. But that doesn't mean that there aren't ways that we can improve that and ways to make life easier for parents and ways to make life better for our kids, who are not just our kids, but who are also future Philadelphians. Yeah, I like that. So I, I have a joke with my family. One of my favorite Philadelphians in history is Octavius Caddo. And my son's like, but mom, I thought I was your favorite Philadelphian. I'm like, no, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christine, you came, your team came up with a list of 17 recommendations on how the city can be more kid friendly. When you and your team created this list, who are you writing this list for? Was it for lawmakers? Was it for caregivers? Yeah, that's such a good question. The answer to that is it's for for both of those groups and maybe even more groups. You know, you always hope when when you gather ideas, and we gather ideas not just from our staff and from fellow parents, but we talk to a lot of experts around the city, you know, who specialize in one form or another of, you know, either like social emotional learning experts or playground designers, streets experts. So as we gather these ideas, you always hope that people who are in positions of power read it and say, huh, we could do that. And then I think it's also just for every Philadelphian. You know, one of the points that we made in the story is that thinking about creating a kid-friendly city is not just for people with kids, but really creates a better city for everyone. So it's actually a pretty wide audience that we were trying to reach with this. For sure. 
So the first recommendation is for there to be a child mayor. That is a big job for a little person. (laughs) (laughs) What we were really imagining with it, children's mayor, is that it would be an adult that served children. So this is somebody whose sole job is to be the advocate in the mayor's office for children. And not just in one respect or two respects, which is you know, we have had positions like that before, but Mm -hmm. really thinking almost like this story sort of thing. Like a holistic approach. Correct. A holistic approach. So there's one point person who's there in the room all the time to say, wait, how is this going to affect our children? What can Mm. we do to make this better for our children Um, in all respects? Yeah, I thought that was a, a neat idea. Christine, schools are also super important to discuss um, when we talk about our children. You say, let's get real about equity in high schools and transform schools into community hubs. Tell me more about your ideas on education. Yeah, there's been such conversation about trying to make the special admission system that we have for some of our public high schools more equitable, which is a valid and important and necessary goal. But that's only like five or six schools. So what about the other schools? Mm -hmm. How did we decide it was okay to have five or six special admit schools and not be thinking about all of the other schools? And so with this conversation, one of our writers said, well, I want to write about this, that not not every school is special admit. Not every kid needs to go or wants to go or can go to those schools. What about those kids? Don't they get an excellent education too? And I think that needs to happen. The scope needs to widen. Every kid in our city, every kid in high school should get an excellent education. And that should be the bar. And it's weird that we're not talking about it that way yet. (laughs) Let's go over some of your recommendations at home. You want the city to build housing to support families and free the Internet. Tell us why these are on your list. In terms of the housing idea, I don't even know that it needs to be the city building the housing as much as maybe the city encouraging housing with tax breaks. But the idea that we can help families and help parents have built-in community by the way we consider housing was very interesting to me. And this was suggested by an urban anthropologist I spoke to who pointed to Europe, you know, as a place where they have these apartment complexes that allow for multi-generational living. So it makes it easier to affordably live with grandparents or with aunts and uncles or the kind of living situations we see often in Philly, but houses aren't necessarily equipped to, to deal with that sort of living setup. And there's been studies that support that the idea that when children live with or near their grandparents, it really helps their development. That's Yeah, that's right. And our zoning codes in Philadelphia aren't very friendly or permissible when it comes to the kind of buildings that, that developers can build. So for instance, if you wanted, you know, there are places in Philadelphia that have room for like a tiny house on the property. But if you live in a place and you own property, it's really difficult to put like a little house on your property or like build a mother-in-law suite in a basement. The zoning cards aren't very friendly to that. So thinking about multi-generational housing is, is one way of going about this. 
And in terms of, you know, free internet, we've had versions of this and Comcast helped facilitate this in COVID. The internet essentials. Essentials, yeah. Yeah, you can get internet for 10 bucks. Yeah, and it made a, I think it was probably life-changing for families. Yes. And if you have children in school, it's the difference between, you know, paying $0 or paying $60 or paying $70 a month. That can be, that can make the difference between whether or not your kid has what they need for school. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. As a parent, you know, safe streets is top of mind for me, too. Right. So you recommend that there needs to be a focus on making our streets safer and more flexible, asking developers for more than just parking and also make transit truly easy. Yeah, there was a pretty heavy focus in this story on streets, you know, in terms of making streets safer. Yeah. Now, I have noticed that. There's more speed bumps mm-hmm. around school zones. Um, that was something that the city was working on. And, you know, that's slowing down cars. Yeah. Speed bumps are, are a really good start. Another good idea that one of our streets experts suggested was blocking off more parking around crosswalks. And the way you do this, they have these rubber sticks that they put into the street called bollards. We've all seen them. And that way the visibility around crosswalks Uh, is improved. And it's easier to see, especially if we're talking about short kids. It's hard to see a little kid crossing on a crosswalk if there's cars blocking all four corners of the crosswalk. And in Philly, that is almost always the case. So little things like that can make our streets themselves a little bit safer. And speaking of being outside, I am so glad that you had public restrooms on the list. I mean, it is truly, truly very important for us to have. There aren't enough public bathrooms. You you know the struggle of having to like, if you, you might be somewhere and you're like, I don't know where to let my child go. We also talked about that on the podcast as well. I want to also get into the point that you made about prioritizing social-emotional programming and employing child impact reports. Can you explain to me why that's a priority? Social-emotional programming via schools, via rec centers, is very important. And I don't think anybody in 2023 would disagree with that. What we mean by social-emotional programming is any sort of programming or education that helps children deal with their feelings. And it's things like conflict resolution, right? And stress management and things that particularly post-COVID have, have come up a lot. And in many ways, many schools do are already doing this and do such a fine job with it. 
the point that we were making in the story is that we should continue down that path, fund it, find creative ways to instill it in our children, in our schools, in the rec centers, and invest in the people who specialize in this so that we have a generation of kids who know how to relate to one another, cope with the significant stress that children today feel, right, and 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 have problem solving that is appropriate and healthy and, and productive, which eventually, you know, mitigates all sorts of problems that the city of Philly faces all of the time, right? And then, yes, we also talked about child impact reports. One of our experts who is in law said that, you know, in many countries, there's a formal assessment when it comes time for any sort of new project or new initiative, there's a formal way of assessing, well, how is this going to impact our children? So that we have that piece of information formalized, built into the process so that children are not an afterthought, but they're actually a consideration the way that other entities in Philadelphia are. I also want to talk about our teens. And I feel like there is so much negativity being a teen in Philly. Yeah, the the conversations around Philadelphia's teenagers have been overwhelmingly negative, which is a shame because just like everybody else, the, our big kids deserve a place to claim as their own in the city, a place where they feel welcome, a place where they feel like this is their city too. And I would argue because they don't have that they gather in places that aren't necessarily made for them. And when trouble has occasionally happened, people just say, okay, well, that's it. No more teens here. Or if people are afraid trouble's going to happen, they say, okay, that's it. No more teens here. And so rather than supporting our teens and saying, okay, how can we help them find their place uh, we are simply shutting them out of places. So some people say there's not enough programs for them after school. What do, what do you suggest? A lot of our the experts we talk to who run teen programs say that they would like to see more support for their programs, what programs exist, but they'd also like physical spaces, right? So It could be an investment in our teens' future if the city helps some of these programs designed to serve teens, if the city helped them with things like leases and headquarters and put them in the places teens want to be. One of our experts suggested, why don't you put our headquarters, we work with teens, why don't you put our headquarters in a mall where teens want to be? And so they're invited and it's their space and they get to own it in a productive way. And, you know, this also helps sort of combat the the bad faith view that, oh, there's a bunch of kids. They must be up to something. So if some of our neighbors or caregivers, parents, teachers are listening to this episode, where can they go if they want to advocate for some of these issues? Who can help facilitate Hmm. their requests so that, you know, we can get things moving? That is such a good question. I mean, I always start with city council. That's always my first go-to with requests and ideas, and those are the people who are theoretically 
elected to represent us in our in our little bubbles in our little neighborhoods. And then, you know, I think it's also sort of project specific. So for instance, you know, if you're talking about transportation, you're talking about transit or you're talking about streets, there's the streets department, right? You're talking about schools, you can talk to the school district, you can also talk to streets. So I think it depends on on what you're hoping to do. For sure. My kids and I are getting excited to go swing on the largest swing in North America at the new Anna C. Verna Playground. What is your favorite destination in the city to take your kids? Oh, that is such a good question. Oh, gosh. Because that was one of your recommendations. You said more of these types of spaces. Yes, I do really like Craft Hall. That's more for me as a parent <laughs> than it is for my <laughs> for my kids. And that is a space, it's a, it's a brewery, it's a restaurant yeah. where parents can have their, their adult drinks and the kids can go play in a playground. <laughs> and, and everybody's happy. Also, I never get tired of Smith Memorial Playground, which is, uh, to me, an urban miracle. I think yes. it is one of the happiest places in the city. Christine, I've got to ask you, we've talked about some of these great recommendations to make Philly more kid-friendly but what would your kids want to see change in the city? That's funny you asked that. I, I actually did ask ask them this question. My nine-year-old would like to see less trash and talks about trash a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have to endorse that. My five-year-old would like to see more slides and more swings pretty much everywhere. <laughs> you would just like a lot more slides. I like that. Yeah. I like that. My 11-year-old now has the skills to communicate. He notices abandoned buildings. Mm. He notices businesses closing and opening. Mm. And my 8-year-old, almost 9-year-old, I think she wants more restaurants to have more games like Uno that we can play while we wait for our food. Love that idea. That's a a really great idea. Yeah, maybe some some restaurateurs will be listening to this. Yes. All right. That was Christine Lejeune, contributing editor at Philadelphia Magazine. Thank you so much for breaking this all down with me and for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm I'm, uh, so happy to be here. Thank you. We'll have a link to all of these recommendations in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. The gunman who stormed a synagogue in Pittsburgh in 2018, killing 11 worshipers, will be sentenced to death. The Associated Press reports that this was the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history. A jury found Robert Bowers guilty earlier this summer on 63 federal charges, including 11 counts for a hate crime that resulted in death. Stay tuned for a special two-part series about this story, from our sister podcast, CityCast Pittsburgh, next week. And the School District of Philadelphia kicked off their Ring the Bell bus tour this week. The district is giving out free backpacks, school supplies, and so much more to get families ready for the new school year. The bus is making its next stop at the George Washington High School football field this Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. For more info, go to philasd.org. Remember, school starts Tuesday, September 5th. Check out the Hey Philly newsletter for more Philly news. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, 
tell a kid, rate the show, leave us a review and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Friday News Roundup. Bye. Oh, there goes that train. God, that train.